Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I am your host, Sadia. This is my mother, Ima. Hey, Ima. How's hey, it going? Hey, brother, shut my Okay, wonderful. I'm glad you're in such high spirits. This is great. Um, all right, so the topic tonight, we were going to talk about keeping your cool, being able to stay calm. Or what's the importance of keeping cool? Maybe it's not important to keep it cool. Maybe maybe lose it a little bit. Maybe show some personality. Let's... <laughs> Let's see. Let's decide. What, what, was it John Wayne who used to say to his leading ladies, you look mighty pretty when you're angry, Sal? They also used to beat their wives back in the day, no? <laughs> um, well, uh... Mm. Wasn't there, like, movie scenes where, like, like a woman was being frantic and a man just came over and slapped her and told her to keep her cool? Uh, yeah. Jeez <laughs> yeah, Louise. That was, that was how, years ago, yes, yes. How was that passable as, like... That was, that was the tough, you know, generation where, um... Tough? Yeah, the tough generation where you were told if you showed any sign of like weakness or whatever emotion, you were told to you know suck it up and uh, keep your cool. Aha, aha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So now we're we're we're. <laughs> There's a difference between sucking it up and not and not keep and not keeping. Okay, sucking it up would be. What, what's sucking it up? Okay, sucking it up would be when you're going through a difficult situation. Like what? And you're you know, abortions. Like what, okay, any any difficult situation, and you're you know. Expressing your feelings because you're upset or you're sad or you're upset, and um, my parents' generation when we were kids, if we we weren't allowed to cry, you cried. It was you're crying for nothing. I'll give you something to cry about, and you know, it's um it's not good if something is really upsetting you to like just suck it in like that. It's okay to express it though, in how can I say it in constructive terms without you know insulting people whatever. But we're going back. The idea of keeping your cool is basically if you're in a situation where deep down inside you feel like you just want to slug this person or you just want to scream or, you know, something like that, you can do something violent to this individual who's upsetting you or offending you. But, you know, first of all, you can't do that. Because we're um, humans with it's, adult stuff. It's gonna, not only that, it's going to probably get you into a lot of trouble if you do. And so you have to really... Work on your self-control, taking a deep breath, and uh, like I said, you know, just keeping your cool about the situation. I, I told you but that. I'm going to give you an example. I had a situation where, I don't know if I mentioned this before in one of our podcasts, where I was at WIC, and I had um, Yosef was with me. He was not even, he was about two years old. I went to WIC to pick up my, you know, coupons, mm-hmm. and this... Um, woman who was a Christian evangelist um, offered me one of her pamphlets. I said, no, thank you. I'm Jewish. And she says, well, we have, you know, many Jews that have uh, joined that group. And I said, um, yeah, I said, and I said to her, um, well, those Jews, well, I've, I've spoken to people, Jews who have joined your group. And it turns out that they are very, very uneducated about their own religion. And, you know, that's why they, you know, got involved in, in your philosophy so she laid into me and she said, we are the real Jews and you who say you're Jews are not. You're really children of the devil. Oh, God. So now believe me, I really felt like slugging this woman right in the mouth. But I thought if I do that, the policeman who's standing guard at the door of the, you know, of the WIC office will come over, put handcuffs on me. They will take Yosef away from me, put him in child protective services temporarily. Child protective services are knocking on my door. That's my line. I know. And I would have to call your father from 
downtown booking and tell and he'd have to come he had to leave work and come over and bail me out and what purpose would it serve what purpose would it serve am i going to change this woman's mind you're you're never so, going to change a woman's no. person's mind right so what i did was believe me i held my breath put my hand i put my hands down at my sides and took a very deep breath very funny. Cut that out. Okay. My my son is mimicking me. You can't see this no, on the air here, people. That, that's that's yeah. for uh, that's for us personally yeah, to right. understand. So, and I said to her, Madam, you are. I said it's a free country, and you have the right to any religious philosophy you wish, especially if it makes a better person of you. Yeah. Whatever. Like I, honestly, when when I. I used to be a little more hot-headed growing up and being like more passionate and being like, no, I have to fight for this th cause or that cause or this reason or that reason. And now I'm like, I just, I don't care. Even if, even if you're somebody who like, I would disagree with, there, there are some points, maybe some things get under my skin a little bit, but like, I just have to learn how to keep my cool and calm myself down. I think, I think what it is, is it's like, you have to get more patience I think the biggest frustration people have is they're they would be in too impulsive. They have to learn how to how to cut back on their impulsiveness because they have to think that that everything is dire need, immediate, has to have a reaction as soon as possible. But not everything deserves a reaction, or not everything needs a reaction. I I think also you hit a nail on the head here about a lot of times I well I guess I was one I was young once. I've got the pictures to prove it. Yes. <laughs> and um, I remember um, being a very big, passionate leftist mm -hmm. when I was in college before I grew up and went out in the working world and saw that leftist philosophy does not work. It, you know, it, it simply does not work. And um, What do you mean it doesn't work? Well, let me, let's, go, let's go back to We'll discuss that <laughs> another time. But what it was, I remember um, a lot of the professors who pushed leftist philosophy would give us the impression that the world is going to die and explode if you don't get out there and convince people to take on these leftist policies and the world is just going to collapse. Like Social and, Security or um, WIC programs or things like that? And then they were talking about, you know, just in general, but, you know, like, I don't want to go into particulars, but just this idea. Okay, okay, this, okay. This, I'll like stop. This, like I'll you stop. said, this passionate. Um, no, it's, it's anybody. It's, it's, you're it's very passionate. Again. Left, right, doesn't matter. But, when you're young, you're very passionate. You're like, oh, this, I'll this, take on everything. But this immediacy. That, oh, my urgency, God. This urgency. This urgency. Ugh. Right. And as Ugh. you get older, you see, wait a minute, that it's, you know, getting emotionally unhinged is is not going to convince anybody of um, what you're, you know, trying to, the information trying to impart to them. And furthermore, you know what? The earth continues and life goes on and you don't have to lose your cool and go crazy. You know, yeah, the world's going to keep a, on spinning. Things is, will yeah. balance themselves out and there's no need to fret. That's, I think that's what it is. I think when, when, when I see like older people get like angry about stuff or like impassioned about stuff, it just looks exhausting. It's like, how do you have the energy? Like it's,
we're not we're not getting into politics here or anything like that. But when you mm-hmm. see somebody who's we can save that for another time. Yeah, we'll save it for another time. <laughs> um, just it's just I don't know. Like I'd rather listen to somebody who's calm, cool, and collected, and explaining something very methodically and very, you know, step by step. Well, A, B, and C, D, E, and F. I can't. I can't deal with. This it's a it's 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 more n- newer now thanks to like the previous political you know uh, climate that like yelling and screaming your opinion is the new thing like that's the way you get a point across by yelling and screaming and it. it's just it just doesn't solve anything it just rubs everyone else the wrong way you wind up being in an echo chamber and the people you're trying to influence or you're trying to have a conversation with you know aren't going to listen to you like people aren't listening anymore. There's, there's no more, there's no more listening. It's just yelling and screaming at each other until you're blue in the face and like the world goes to hell in a handbasket. I remember when I was in eighth grade, I was part of a um, debating club. Oh yeah, you mentioned that before. High school, right. And one of the kids, we were, um, in one of the debates, one of the kids and one of the teams started screaming and shouting and the teacher that was in charge of the group stopped him right away. And he said to him, 20 years ago, the earth listened to a shouter. We will never listen to a shouter again. Yeah. He was referring to Christoph Hitler. Yeah, of course. I, I got that. I got that. Because 20 years before, because yeah. 1960s, and yeah. yeah so I, I put two and two together. Yeah. I'm pretty so, smart. So that, was, that, was, that was still on everybody's mind. When, you know, when people would scream, to scream and shout and carry on, whatever, you know, people would right away, you know, think of uh, those. I, I, th- I, think, I think what it is is that yeah. because – because there's so much information nowadays, there everyone can legitimize anything they do nowadays. There's so many sources to do one thing or another, and it's just I, I I honestly I don't see an an end to it. It will come to an end eventually. Like this, nothing lasts forever. Um, but it's like people on on both ends are just bringing up their own points, and they mention their points. The other person just ignores it, and the other other person ignores it, and they continue talking about their own points, and they just <laughs> ignore, 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 and then nothing gets resolved until everything is just, you know, gone to wreck because no one wanted to do anything, or it's been a giant stalemate for the past who knows how long. Remember the Simon and Garfunkel song? Um a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. Man, he wants that's, to hear disregards that, the rest. Yeah, that's from the dude. song The Boxer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess yeah. it's always been. I guess it's always been around. There's nothing new under the sun, but I think it's more prevalent today. I would, I would, I would believe. What do you think? Maybe, um, like they call this the information age. But do you think? Do you think maybe we're coming to the point where, I hate to say it, but too much information is that possible? Uh, misinformation is possible. I don't think too much information. I think misinformation, and I think people would rather listen to misinformation because it makes them feel good than maybe critical thinking. What times in your life growing up, what's, what specific um, incidents has happened where you found, how did you, well, I remember when you were a kid, you were a little bit of a hothead. How did you, how was your, um, how to say, evolution, your evolutionary development that you finally got to the point, how, like, you know, when you got to the point, you realized, hey, I can't keep uh, I you know, honestly, using my fists on kids or you know, yelling or screaming or, you know, when how did that happen? Honestly, I had went through a few rough spots in my life where it was so intense 
and I had no control over it. And I realized I just have to stop trying to have control. And I just let go of my control. And I think those moments just made my life easier where it's like, I don't have to try to control everything. I don't have to try to keep everything in its own perfect alignment that everything has to be exact and everything had to be this and that and the other. It, it got to a point where I, I, I realized that, you know, there's no real reasoning. Just give, I don't want to sound too preachy, but like, just give yourself over to a higher power and let things be. And once you do that, mm -hmm. things just fall into place. They really do. It's, it's like, we're right now getting, preparing for the wedding. And like, I'm not, I'm not going nuts. I'm just taking one step at a time and things are falling into place. You know, I'm not trying to control. I'm not trying to do anything, but just slowly get things done. So um, I remember one time that in school, I mean, you know, you learning to control your uh, anger was, yeah. Uh, yeah, anger management was, yeah. uh, was a challenge for you. Which is with for a lot of little boys, a lot of young boys. We're rambunctious. We're yeah. rambunctious little, little boys. But boys. Little boys in general tend to be like, you know, more aggressive. Well, actually, little girls can also have their problems, but uh, oh, it's, yes. more, it's more of a masculine thing. But um, I remember one time you were, you were, you were playing some sort of like a, a game with a Game Boy. Oh my God. And I had rage quit. Bratty kid from Minnesota would grab it out of your hand or something. And of course you reacted the way any normal kid would. You started yelling and I think you started to beat him up and everything. So uh Rabbi Such and Such yeah. uh called me and um he told me that, you know, because you got into this big fight, the you know, you had to be punished for getting into this big fight. He goes, I said, Well, what about the other kid? So he says, Don't worry, he says the other kid's being punished too. He's from Minnesota. And it was January at the time. He says, we're sending him back to Minnesota for a couple of weeks. So I said to him, sending any kid to Minnesota in the middle of January is punishment enough. I think I kind of remember that. I kind of remember that. I just don't know who that person was. But yeah, no, it's being, being a kid and being picked on, it's weird. In, in school, it's always this weird balance where it's like you, you get a lot. And this happens everywhere. It's mm -hmm. not just, you know, Jewish schools or whatnot. Yeah. It's public schools. It's all the time because you basically, you know, you have these little kids who get picked on and they're told not to hit back. And if they do hit back, they get into trouble. And it's like you're basically bringing up, bringing up people that are just putting a rock in a hard place constantly. Yes, absolutely. And that that is, 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 is a mm -hmm. real problem because you're not letting them. You know, see justice. And right. I think that kind of bleeds into what we talked about previously of how it's just you just want to see some justice to be served because mm. you never got it when you were younger. Could be. Could very well be. Well, in my day, most kids went to the neighborhood school and walked. So what the te in those days, they um, since it was like post-World War II, especially among people, among boys, teachers in a way, did not want to squelch aggressive behavior because they felt it was, especially for boys, you know, they defend the society. These are, you know, this is how they grew up. They're men right. doing manly things. So what they used to tell us was they would break up a fight. If a, if a fight broke out, they'd break up a fight. And the way they would handle it, they would say, listen, do us a favor. Don't get into these fights in school because then we have to punish you guys. Wait for this person, wait for this kid after school, go off school grounds, wait for them after school, and then you beat them up once you get to school, after school grounds. You know, I, I tried that when I was younger. I, I told this kid, meet me after school. Mm -hmm. Didn't show up. 
wussed out. But that's the problem. So many schools today, most kids don't walk to school. Most kids don't go to a neighborhood school. Most kids go to, you know, are either, you know, go on buses or carpools, whatever. So what opportunity do you have to wait for this kid after school and beat him up? Well, it's not about beating him up. I, I, we don't, we condone violence. We don't promote violence. This is not a violent show. That's not what we're trying to do. We're talking about, you know, little kids and how do they handle it? Wait, no, that's not what we were, we were talking, talking about. about wait, cool. no, we were talking about keeping your cool, not about beating yes. people up. We went <laughs> off track. We went the opposite way. We went the opposite direction. This is not what we're trying to do. Keeping your cool. Yeah. Keeping well, I, your cool. When I was a kid, I couldn't keep my cool. Oh, wow. But maybe, I mean, can, how, do we, how can we expect children to keep their cool? How do you expect children to keep, keep their, their cool? Really? I mean, adults should keep, adults, ad- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, adults need to keep their cool. Let's face it. You know, you can't go beating up. You can't be, go, if any adult that goes beating up people is going to wind up in jail. No, you're Batman. What are you talking about? <laughs> you're a vigilante, which is illegal in most states, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think, I think it's just, it's a natural animalistic instinct. You have to curb the animalistic instinct. It comes with time. It comes with patience. It comes with basic, you know, raising a child appropriately. Well, all I know is that it took me a long time to learn how to keep my cool. And the way that I learned it as an adult was, I mean, I never, God forbid, used my hand on anybody except you kids. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, I never had, you know, I never, of course, because I, you know, again, would be against the law, be an assault. But there were a few times when I really lost it as an adult with a couple of people and really yelled at them. And it, I didn't gain, it didn't turn out well. I didn't gain anything from it. In fact, I lost it. It ruined the whole relationship and I didn't really accomplish anything. And after a while, I think I was like in my mid thirties when I, you know, realized, you know what, forget it. You got to, you know, no matter what, you just have to take a deep breath and deal with these people, these, some of these obnoxious people in a very, very common, there was this one rabbi, mm-hmm. so-called rabbi. Um, there were these people, these poor people that their land person was really, he was, he was really taking horrible advantage of them. And he was taking them to court. I think that he was taking them to court to uh, make them responsible to pay all these what he called damages that I know that they didn't do. Mm-hmm. And these poor people didn't have two nickels to rub together. So I called this rabbi that had gotten involved in the situation and um, to tell him what was going on with this land person. And this rabbi yelled at me. He goes, are you trying to tell me how to do my business? Let me tell you about these people, how, you know, you don't know the truth about them. And um, he said some nasty things about these people that I know were like very, very, so I said to that, wow. so I said to this rabbi, so well, rabbi such and such, um, don't you think that, uh, you should speak up when we see poor people like this, you know, basically being taken advantage of by a landlord, you know, in this situation. And that's when he again yelled at me about telling him to do his business, yada, yada. So I, I realized, you know, it's not going to, I just, this, I really kept my, I really, like I said, kept my cool. And I just said to this uh, so-called rabbi, okay, uh, rabbi, uh, such and such, uh, you thank you very much for your time. You have a nice day. And I just hung up the phone. And afterwards, I asked your father about this particular rabbi. I said, what kind of reputation does rabbi such and such have? And so your father said to me, 
a bad one. Why do you ask? So, you know, so this guy, you know, people didn't take too much stock in this guy as a so-called rabbi anyway. Yeah. Like if, if so, the thing is when you're younger, you, you think everyone's attacking you, but you think that no one is listening to you or understanding you. So when someone's attacking you, you feel very alone. But when you get older, older, you realize like, oh, I can't be the only person this guy's been yelling at. I can't be the only person that's been dealing with this. Clearly, this guy is a nut job or whatnot. I can comfortably say that I'm better than them or better than in that situation so I can keep my cool and be more relaxed at what's going on. When you're a kid, that's not entering your mind. You're just seeing things at face value where like this person's attacking me. This person doesn't care about me. And I got nothing else but but myself to defend. Well, I'm going to defend it till they till they end, end of the earth. Mm-hmm. And that's really what happens. As, as you get older, you realize there's more of a community around you. And I think that's really what what happens when you keep your cool. is just you realize that there's there's more to the picture and there's less to worry about. Okay. All right. And that's our time. Okay, you have a nice job, honey. All right. Love you. Love you. you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. Please like and share and find us on Facebook at Jewish Boy Calls His Mother Podcast. We are looking forward to hearing from you.